It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iger and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we bring you the latest OU football news, and then Austin Stogner joins us to talk about his return to Oklahoma, and we give you our winners and losers of the week, where we honor Mike Leach. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hostie will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, December 14th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of December, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best now recording this Wednesday morning. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Ted, how we doing, man? How we feeling? Doing fantastic. Cannot complain. Um, we've got some good OU stuff to talk about. Um I'm I'm uh, I'm good, man. How about you? I I am I'm doing well. A lot of exciting news. Just been a, a bit of an emotional week when it comes to the college football world. Right. right. Uh with with the loss of Mike Leach. And we'll talk about that uh in winners and losers. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the Oklahoma football stuff before that. But yeah, just some kind of just some weird energy this week, man. I mean, it's just been it, it's 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 been odd. Yeah, it's tough. It's um you know, it's a weird time of the year. Uh obviously there's a lot going on. Um and to get such uh such bad news over the weekend and then obviously through early part of the week um it's hard to really you know be super excited about a bunch of different things that are happening out there because uh obviously it's you got such a um you know a heavy feeling that's just kind of lurking right there such an important part of college football but um yeah you just uh i guess you just press on Yep. All right, let's get to it. 
Most exciting news of the week, Dasan and Day McCullough have committed to Oklahoma. Uh, Dasan, 6'5", 225, 230 pound athlete, edge player, linebacker. I, I'm not entirely Everything. sure, <laughs> right? but this guy, he was a freshman All-American uh, with a productive season at Indiana. And I think he was, I mean, you look at all these transfer portal rankings and all those things. He was the most co- coveted edge prospect in the transfer portal. And Ted, our guy Venables was able to close the deal, man. He was able to get it done. This feels rather significant for Oklahoma football. It is. This is this is big time. This is a, it, you know, as soon as he steps foot on campus, starter ready to go, uh, maybe one of the best, maybe the best defensive player on the football team next year. Um, he's got development things that he needs to do, obviously add more weight and strength to that frame, uh, continue to sharpen the skills. But he is – this is this is one of the good things about the transfer portal is you take the guesswork out of it. I mean, I guess there's always going to be some guesswork. But you, you've you seen a kid and what he could do at the college level, see how he, he plays within schemes that you see at the college level, the spacing, um, the different, you know – it's way different rushing the passer in college than it is in high school. In high school, you run around the corner of a, a tackle that's usually like 230 pounds, right? So it's just a totally different game. Uh, and you've been able to see that he can do that and even as a freshman thrive. So he's going to be ready to go right out of the gate. This is a massively important commitment signing for um, Oklahoma football in our defense, no doubt. And I thought some of the things he said about why he chose Oklahoma were were pretty damn significant, man. I mean, some of the quotes I saw, I wrote this one down. Uh, Coach Venable's defensive mind really got my attention. How he develops linebackers just like me in an NFL scheme. And more important, he has created a championship culture around the program, right? We We knew that. Defensive recruiting was going to ramp up once you gave Venable some time, right? With how many players he's put in the NFL. But the part of that quote that stood out to me created a championship culture around the program. That's after they just went six and six. So, I I mean, you talk about uh, you, if you've ever wondered how good of a recruiter is Venables, how good is he at selling his vision and what Oklahoma football is going to be to recruits. You got a guy who was getting recruited by everybody out of the portal talking about the championship culture at Oklahoma after a six and six season. Like that's how good BV is when it comes to talking to these guys. It's pretty damn impressive, man. It's impressive. Yeah. You know, he's, um, he, he's obviously, I'm sure playing on the, um, kind of reset right and like what we focused on like the winning and the winning is going to come like we're focusing on building the culture and building the foundation and um i and i i believe in that i believe in the championship culture um and i it's easy whenever you've got 
Isaiah Simmons, who looks just like this kid, and you can show him all the different ways that you used him and how exciting that is, and 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 being able to to use that as a recruiting pitch. So, yeah, that it's big time to be able to land, you know, this recruiting class and some of these these transfer guys after a six and six season. It it's impressive for sure. It is. And, you know, some of the pictures of uh, Dasan and Day, like in full pads right on the visit, you you can see there's there's plenty of frame to add. I mean, there's plenty. He's got the frame that you can add weight, muscle, like whatever. I, I'm so interested to see what position they focus on with him. And I know that Kind of in your dream world that he could just be like a chess piece that you put at all kinds of spots, but with how complicated things are, where do you think they'll start him off? Because you would assume Venables would want him to get comfortable at one position before he really expands that role for him. Yeah. Well, what what I envision, and I talked to Coach Venables about him briefly back before this is like this is I don't even think transfer I it, it was it was a while back and right what I envision is right so here's the thing with cheat the cheetah position because of the way the defense adjusts the cheetah position just depending on what formation you get can be a linebacker in the core. It can be a, a a backer in the slot. It can be a deep third safety. Um, It could be an edge rusher. So there's a lot of things in the cheetah position based off formation and how they adjust to it, that just playing one position can get like uh, most of the stuff that you heard about with Isaiah Simmons about how they play him at safety and how they'll play him at corner. Well, that was just like the cheetah position and how they adjust. Right. I mean, we remember plenty of times we saw Deshaun white playing the middle third safety, right. This year as the, as the cheetah. So with that position comes all kinds of versatility. So what I would expect is that he's the cheetah and then if you want to go like a straight four-man rush on third down, he would bump in as an edge, and you bring in a, a specialized third and long cheetah. That's what I would envision. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I, I do wonder, and I know that the 2023 season is a ways off. I understand that. But I do wonder, with him now being in the mix, what does that mean for where they play Canik? Uh, what's that mean for Stutzman? Like, how how are those pieces all going to fit together? Because I know this about Venables. He's going to get his best guys on the field. Now the, he's going to get his best guys on the field that he trusts to make all the proper adjustments and to play, you know, gap sound and technically sound football. But now you've got, you've got some serious talent, right? So some talent when you look at just what's going to be in that linebacker room, because that, remember that cheetah position is lumped into that linebacker room. So yeah, it's, it's exciting to think about how all of that could fit together. Yeah. Uh, it, it is interesting. You know, I, I think it, and I think they'll probably still bring in uh, maybe a guy or two at inside backer through the portal if they can um, and, and add some depth and competition to that spot. I think that, you know, we've seen Canick play inside backer. I think he played Mike uh, a handful of, of times throughout the season. So all of those guys are going to be trained there. So I imagine that um, Canick will be – Canick and Kobe McKenzie will be in the rotation at the inside backer stuff with, um, you know, Aguebu and Stutzman and, and those other guys. You, you should get um, – um, Oh, why am I drawing a blank? Shane. Um, Witter. Witter back. In, he'll be back after, I think he had a shoulder surgery. So he'll be back in the spring. Um, I think there'll be a, a, a vibrant competition at inside backer. But I still think that, you know, Canick will be, be training and getting time at Cheetah as well. Because like I said, you know, I could envision them moving him and playing uh, McCullough at like a true edge in pass rushing situations. And maybe that can, can come out and be your cheetah in that role, or, you know, maybe in some traditional down and distances, they do play a uh, McCullough at more of just like a stand up edge type of guy. And you can, you can still have a cheetah in Canick out there. So and Canick, here's the thing. He still has a long way to go. Now it's not like, okay, there's someone gone. He just naturally steps in and, and you know he's he's still just coming off his freshman year. Got a lot of football to can you continue to learn and gain experience. Yeah, but I, I feel like Desan McCullough is as excited. You know, a prospect has made this fan base is about as excited as I can remember in a while. So yeah, it, well, I, it's and with that comes some high expectations for him. But you know, sure. it is what it is, man. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. This is, you know, usually you get a, if you get a five-star prospect, there's like this long waiting period, right? 
um, you wait for them to show up and then they get there and it's, oh, well, you know, he's, he's a freshman. He's got to learn. And then there's this process to where maybe two years down the road, you're starting to see like these, these moments where, okay, that's why we brought him here. Well, this is like getting a five-star that is already like trained and ready to go. Like it's already, it's already all happened. So I, and I don't know what he was out of high school, like probably a four-star kid or something. I I think he's like the highest ranked recruit in the history of Indiana football or something like that. Well, it, that's not a shock, but you know, that that's the great thing is like, he's, he's ready to go. It's there. It's, it's done. And he's played in a, uh, you know, most defenses are similar in, like eighty percent of what they do are similar, so he, un- he he will have a very good basic understanding of what we do. Just you know, having gained that general college football knowledge, yeah. And you know, one guy clearly Venables and selling the vision, and you know what he's done with linebackers in the past was a huge part of Desan McCullough's recruitment and ultimately him choosing Oklahoma, but. I think Jay Valai deserves a lot of credit. And Jay Valai is a guy that you and I really like, right? The dude has energy. He clearly knows where the weight room is, but he he coached with the McCullough brothers' dad in, in Kansas City. They were they were on that staff together. So I, I think Valai, that relationship, his infectious energy, infectious personality, like he's just a fun guy to be around. I mean, the guy's got juice. So I, I don't think, I don't think we can talk about Oklahoma landing these guys without giving Valai some credit because it seems like he played a rather significant role as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's interesting. Yeah. You mentioned Jay Valai coached with their dad, you know, their dad was at Indiana for a long time and then what he went to the chiefs. Did he go somewhere else before that? And then came back to Indiana for one year before going to Notre Dame and a lot of Notre Dame fans just thought that it's natural that um, Desan is going to go where his dad is at Notre Dame and also bring the four-star little brother that's committed to to Cincinnati since they lost their coach. And uh, they're not happy that all of a sudden they've gone to Oklahoma, especially whenever there's a lot of links between their last five-star uh, commitment and Oklahoma as well in Peyton Bowen. So um, this is payback for the play like a champion today theft that Notre Dame uh, had with Oklahoma. Karma. Karma. Karma, Golden Domers. This is That's what right. you get. Now, let's talk a little bit about day just 6'2", 200 pounds, just seeing the pictures from his visit, clearly a lot of length, right? Now, there's no doubt Jerry Schmidt is going to have, you know, when he gets on campus, Jerry Schmidt is going to have this guy eating a lot and lifting a lot. There's no doubt about it. But I know most of of the excitement's about his brother, and I completely understand that. But I'm certainly interested in how this guy is going to develop right? Because he's got the frame, he's got the length you want in a defensive back. And you just look at his brother and you're like, okay, can he get to a similar weight to what he's at right now? And maybe he ends up as a cheetah or as, 
you know, maybe more of a true nickel. Like it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops and ultimately where he ends up. But love what he said about the coaches uh, quote blew him away. Their knowledge with their knowledge of the game. So that is, uh, that's always good to hear, but yeah, he, while all the attention's on Desan, I, I'm certainly interested in to see where where Day ends up. I agree. And we're starting to get a really talented safety room that's got a lot of size in there. Uh, you know, Day's 6'2". Um, you know, there's there's talks of perhaps getting Peyton Bowen in there. We saw Robert Spears Jennings doing some things. Key Lawrence has some nice size to him. Um you know, I, I, Billy Bowman's not the biggest guy, but right. he went, he, he makes up for the lack of height with explosiveness and like being dynamic. You know yep. what I mean? Like, that's right. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's really exciting. Macari Vickers uh, is, is coming in, is, is um, a stud. So that safety room is, there's some talent in there and they need to have a, need to, first of all, finish the season off right and then big time off season big off season for that room yeah no doubt all right our guy Braden willis got invited to the cedar bowl ted let's go love it Braden love willis it. accepts an invite to the senior bowl and thank god because this dude has he's been fantastic if you listen to this podcast you know how big of a fan we are of Braden willis and how he's gone about his business this season um, the dude absolutely deserves it he has earned the right to go show what he can do against the best in college football there in Mobile and just a a fantastic season for him on the field. Uh, I've been even more impressed with what he's done as a leader off the field with how, how many rough patches there have been throughout the season. Uh, I think he's been the vocal guy that has really held everyone accountable. And it's been it's been huge, but guy played his ass off, really helped his draft stock, and now has the chance to help it even more. Ted with yep. uh, with a week in Mobile, so I was dude, I was so excited to see that. Yeah, and I think I think he's going to thrive at at the Senior Bowl. Man, it's a it's basically a week of training camp, and then like a, a game at the end of it. And I I think it fits his skill set really well. Like the large focus on blocking in a bunch of different situations that he has, uh, I, I think that's going to be awesome. One on ones, pass rush. Um, I don't know if they're going to. They'll probably play him at fullback some, so maybe he'll get some one on ones with backers. Um, you know the route running stuff like that's, you know, everyone's going to be able to do that. But I think he's going to really be able to show his strengths doing some of the other, like the drill stuff, right? That, I mean, it just fits perfectly with his skill set. So I think it should be really good for him. Yeah. And him getting this invite and accepting that invite leads to a very real conversation, right? Because we've seen all the other guys, as far as we know, they got invited to the senior bowl and have accepted that invite. They are not playing in the bowl game, right? Eric Gray, Wanya Morris, Jalen Redmond. They've all said, hey, not playing in the bowl game. We're getting ready for the senior bowl. I hope Braden plays, but maybe this is the best way I'll put it. And remember, after that tech game, he left in a boot, right? He injured his foot 
and I don't know, I don't know the status of that foot. I'm not trying to put his business out there, but it is, you know, that's a factor. Going and playing the senior bowl is a factor. I just, I want him to play in the bowl game, but damn it, Teddy, I'm going to be nervous the entire game for him. And I shouldn't be, it's football. You, you, you know, everyone knows the risks, but he doesn't seem like a guy that would opt out at all. Like he doesn't, but I'm just, I'm going to be a wreck for him. Like every time he touches the ball, every time he's going against one of those backers on his own insert, like all that stuff, I'm just going to be like, uh, but I'm not saying he should opt out, man, but I'm just, uh, we'll see. I, I think that I'll say this. I think if his foot is right, if he's comfortable with where his foot is at, he's going to play. I just don't know the status of it. I think he should play. And I'll tell you why. What What is going to be the main thing that every coach says to the NFL guys that are calling and asking about him? It's going to be I, the leadership, the way he's practiced, the way he's played, the consistency he's brought every day, the work ethic he's brought every day. I. I would say like that is going that's going to be his like he's not going to be the biggest tight end out there. He's not going to be the strongest like but he, this is his best attribute that the coaches are going to be talking about. He could do all the other things. I'm not saying that he can't. But this is the reason you want him on your team is because of the way that he plays and approaches the game. And by playing this thing out and seeing it through in my opinion, reinforces that. Now, obviously, I, that doesn't mean that this is the only way. I, it's just, in my opinion, I think that's how he strengthens that resolve, and and you know, I backs up what the coaches are going to say to him, or I'm about with you. him rather. I'm with you. And one of the things, like he's missed a lot of games due to injury. Mm-hmm. Maybe playing a game when you're a little banged up is is a good message to send to NFL teams as well, but. I'm just going to be nervous, man. Uh, I just want to be good opportunities for him. There's going to be good opportunities in that game blocking uh, and playing against some other, you know, top talented players. So we'll see. I'll be nervous for him too. I hope he's not nervous though. You know what happens when you're nervous, right? And you go out there and you, you just kind of play tentative, go cut it loose. I would be shocked if he played tentative because <laughs> yeah. it hasn't matter what the score was, what the situation was. That dude has flied around on the field That's all right. season long. So excited for Braden Willis, but just a little nervous. A little nervous for him in the cheese at bowl. And that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Last thing when it comes to the OU football stuff, and, and maybe we'll get our buddy Brett McMurphy back on the podcast to go into some deeper detail about this. But he reported uh, for the Action Network that there is momentum for OU in Texas to leave the Big 12 and join the SEC in 2024. Now, that article also said that there are many obstacles, but, quote, the climate is right for it to happen. So, what do we think, Ted? OU in Texas to the SEC in 2024? That's what I've been saying all along, right, because of how the uh, TV deals match up. But what do we think? Yeah, it looks like that's 
that's the way it's going. And I know like this is the first time we've we've seen like a real report out there. And I know it, I, I know there's not like sources quoted in there like Joe Castiglione and, and people like that, but this is the first real report, and you know that he's getting this information from somewhere. And for the most part, the mantra has been OU and Texas plan to play all the way through their contract with the Big 12, which, you know, the Big 12 has brought in four teams. They've negotiated a new media rights deal that's going to pay them more money than they make now. The college football playoff is expanding in 2024. They don't want OU or Texas to take any of their spots in that expanded playoff they have no reason to hold oklahoma in texas into the current contract they are going to be at least um at least financially and competitively within the teams they are going to be in a much better position when ou and texas are gone so I, I don't know why they would hold them to that. I know they would probably try and squeeze some money out of them, but I I just – there's no way that the Big Ten, the Big 12 has added their teams and Oklahoma and Texas are still stuck in purgatory. I just don't see that happening. I, I'm with you, but they're the, – the only thing that makes it complicated for me is Fox – Right. I feel like Fox is the biggest issue in this entire thing because they have the Big 12 rights now and they are involved in the Big 12's new media rights agreement. While the SEC rights in 2024, it's it's all ESPN, ABC, like the ESPN family of networks. So how is that all gonna work? Right? Like there's been, you know, some suggestions that you know, maybe OU in Texas play some away games against Big 12 teams in 2024. That's not going to happen. I can't imagine that happening. Like, oh, hey, yeah, you want to play some away games against Big 12 teams and then play your full SEC schedule? Like, no, that's just, that is, that there's, that's just not reality. So how does, how does Fox get made whole in all of this? That's an, that's an interesting conversation for sure. Well, I'm sure it was it was probably part of the negotiation for the expanded playoff, right? Uh, because it's not just going to be an ESPN thing. Isn't Fox going to have? I, as far as I know, there's been no information about, because they're expanding early, but they haven't negotiated the new television contract for the college football playoff. Yeah. So it it sounded like they, they wanted it to be like a multiple network deal. Like that was how it was going to get done. But I I think they, I think the college football playoff and you know, the, the leaders that are, that are managing that, I think they think it should be like the NFL playoffs. Right. Right. And that would make a lot of sense. And we just saw the big 10, right. With their new media rights deal, do something similar with a bunch of different networks. So I, I just think that there are certainly some things in the way, but it feels like everyone that's involved wants it to happen. 
Yeah. But it's, with, I, with I guess Fox it's like wants a, OU in Texas on their network, right? With because of the ratings that they do. So they're not just going to say, oh, yeah, go ahead, leave right. in 2024 when you were supposed to play on our network and go play on ESPN. Like something's got to happen to where Fox is happy with whatever agreement they land on. But it's almost, it's somewhat of a trade, isn't it? That Fox isn't going to have OU in Texas, but they're gaining. USC and UCLA they they are getting but I don't know how all of the all of the mechanics of that work if that makes sense like because you have the drafts and all those different things but I hear you because and that was one of the main reasons that I said OU in Texas I thought OU in Texas were going to be in the SEC in 2024 is because Greg Sankey and ESPN the SEC like they're not going to let the Big Ten get all of those headlines in 2024 by themselves they're just not they were going to do whatever it would take to to have the sec as a 16 team league there in 2024 so i i just don't know if every obstacle can be overcome and then you have this which is kind of a bigger picture view right espn with the way that i understood it if OU and Texas are added in 2024 ESPN. There's like a pro rata clause in there where they still have to pay each school, the amount of money that they have agreed upon in that contract. So they would be paying OU in Texas, the same amount as the other schools, which would may mean they're just spending more money overall. Right? Well, ESPN, or I guess Disney, Disney, just brought Bob Iger back to be the CEO because their earnings report was so terrible and stockholders were so upset. So how does that factor into what ESPN wants to spend? Right. So that's, I mean, that's a bigger picture thing with, you know, Disney as, as a whole, I know they got the parks and all that. They got a lot going on. Right. But there, there are some people that cover like just the media space in general that think that Disney should just get rid of ESPN. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that, if Iger coming back as CEO factors in anything, but it's just another obstacle, right. To this to yeah. getting done, which, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, quite a few folks out there that think they brought Bob Iger back to facilitate the sale of Disney to Apple. So, yeah, there's a ton of moving parts there. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. You know, there's there's going to be there's going to be more bad earnings coming through in the in the future. It looks like for a, you know just the economy as a whole. Um, I would think that live sports broadcast is probably where they're going to be focused. I if you want to trim the fat, buddy, let me show you a list of ESPN on how we can trim the fat. It is really easy. They pay so much money to so many personalities, in my opinion, that aren't even needed. But um, I don't know. It's I still think it's going to happen. But you're right. There's 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 plenty of roadblocks there. That if any one person along that list wants to dig in, it could make things difficult. Yeah, we'll we'll continue to monitor the situation. I feel like we've said that uh, quite a few times. <laughs> Quite a few times. All right, let's get to our interview with our man, Austin Stogner. But first, birthday shout-outs. 
Happy 12th birthday to Garrett G. Bear Hollingsworth. Let's go. Happy 12th birthday to Cash Money Williams. Happy 50th birthday to Sabrina Thompson. Happy 77th birthday to Jim Howard. And happy birthday to Michelle Salas. Salas? Salas. Salas. Nice. Nailed it. Either one. It, it's got to be one of the two, you know? <laughs> All right, let's talk to Big Stogner. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Love's all says you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone, so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Love's Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Love's Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Love's Travel Stops. For a full list of what Love's has to offer, visit loves.com. Anopolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. It's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis's offers include a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Remember, financial aid is available. All right, here's Austin Stogner. It is our pleasure to be joined by a former and current Sooner. <laughs> Austin Stogner's in the house. Yes, sir. Big Thank you all for having What's me. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for having me. Well, what's it been like? What like the wrapping up the season? Um, I mean, it's been busy for you over the last couple of weeks, to say the least. Yeah, no, it's it's been busy uh, for sure. It's been crazy. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day, and I'm like, "Yeah, I told you that like two months ago." And she's like, uh, "My girlfriend." She's like, "No, you told me that like two weeks ago." <laughs> so it's been crazy. I like it's all been going so fast. Feels so long, but it's been a short amount of time. Yeah. Okay. I before we. You know, talk about why you're coming back, and that. Let's go back to why you left in the first place, right? And clearly, mm-hmm. a lot was going on at the end of last season. Uh, you know, with Coach Riley leaving, everything that was happening. So, I, I think a lot of fans are just curious, like, why did you make that initial decision to transfer from Oklahoma? Uh, you know, like like you said, that time was just like so crazy, so much turnover in a short amount of time. And, um, you know, I just tried to make the best decision for myself. Um, and I felt like that was, you know, coming off of 
like I've been in that air raid system. So I wanted to, you know, I was like, I need to go. If I want to make a my name for myself at the next level, I have to get, you know, better at blocking. And um, I thought, why not go to a, like a pro style system and, you know, kind of um, get thrown in the fire a little bit there so I can get, you know, better at blocking because I knew I'd need that at the next level. And then it just made a lot of sense um, for me to go with Coach Beamer. I knew him. I had, you know, I played with him for two years and I loved playing for him. And uh, it just made a lot of sense to go there. And um, so that's that's really what it came down to was uh, those things. And yeah, so. How was the offense? It, was it what you thought? A um, little bit more pro style, maybe a little bit more inline blocking. Were you, was it what you thought it was going to be? And were you able to develop those skills that you were hoping to? Oh, yeah, I was. I was able to develop those skills. Um, I got a lot better at it. Um you know, you get thrown in and playing in the the SEC and stuff. And so, you know, I was able to grow as like a, a player and as like a person. So, you know, it was an overall, it was a really great experience at South Carolina. You know, they're great people there and I'm, I'm grateful for them. And I, I really like that place. And uh, like, so it was, it was a good experience. You are, uh, I'm sure you'll understand uh, until OU gets to the SEC, uh, South Carolina is kind of my SEC team because of uh, because <laughs> of Coach Beamer. I we've had him on the podcast many times now, and he is he's one of the most likable people ever, and he's a hell oh, yeah, of a football man. coach. What what was it like playing for him when he's the head coach? Right, you played, you know, he was your tight ends coach. That's completely different though than yeah. when he's the head man. Like, how different was it? Um, it was, it was, it was a little bit different, you know, um, you're in his meetings, like every day is like your position coach. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're sitting in a team meeting and he's up there and you're kind of just like, what are you doing up there? Like, <laughs> whatever. But, um, he was, he was really cool to play for. He's a, he's a great coach and, um, he gets the best out of his players and he really cares for them and, and they're going to do a lot of great things there. Now you mentioned, you know, playing in the sec, uh, what was it like? What, you know, especially you're you're blocking some mutants there on the edge man they've got some massive edge players and I'm sure you saw a bunch of really good ones what what was the difference and is that part of like your development was playing against some of those type of guys uh yeah you know you always hear like you know in the big 12 it's like oh it's not the sec it's but in reality it's like it's very similar maybe the interior guys are a little bit bigger a little bit more athletic but um as far as like skill position wise, it's kind of like across the board from like anywhere skill positions like DBs and all that stuff are pretty much the same, you know, receivers, maybe a little bit bigger, but um, defensive wise, the like the DBs and whatever are just about the same, just maybe the interior linemen are a little bit bigger, but um, it wasn't too crazy of a jump. Well, how about that? Some people are going to be shocked to hear that now. <laughs> Spencer Rattler, it was an interesting conclusion to his time at Oklahoma, uh, kind of an up and down season for him in his first year at South Carolina. What was it? What was it like playing with Spencer there in the SEC new team, like completely new cast of characters around you guys? Uh, it was it was for sure cool to see how like him grow and like learn the offense and you know, just kind of like talking, like being able to like to talk through stuff with him being like, Hey, like, you know, I kind of knew like what he, like, since I've known him for so long, I know what he like likes 
and like what he needs, like when he's playing the best, like his mentality for that. And so like, just kind of, you know, being there for him, just be like, Hey dude, just go out there and just freaking do what you do best and rip the ball. And so um, it was cool to see that and see him grow throughout the season. And then obviously play really, really well in the last two games. Man, it looks like there's a ton of excitement there. Like the atmosphere at the home games looks like it was is just incredible. Now, they've always had a good fan base, but um, the last couple of years has given them a lot of reason for hope for the future. What, what was it like playing there? Uh, they do a really good job in their stadium of you know getting it getting it going because that Willie B that place gets it gets jumping. So um, it's it's it was a really cool environment to play for play at and. Um, so yeah, they they do a really good job there. The fans are fans are crazy. Like you want them, so they uh, do a good job. How how much fun was that Tennessee game? Obviously, we weren't there. We were yeah. just watching it on television, but it was a beatdown, and that place. I mean, the stadium looked like it was just going yeah. insane. Yeah, that thing was about to come loose. It was that thing was jumping, but um. It, it didn't that that game didn't get as loud as when we took the opening kickoff back against Texas A&M. That was the loudest I've ever heard a stadium. That place was going crazy. I had family there and they were like sitting up top and they said that like the whole stadium was shaking. They thought it was about to come down. Yeah, it's been it was pretty wild watching watching some of those games with you guys this year. Um I whenever I I hate to just sit here and compare it but one of the things that makes me mad is i i i get mad whenever i go places and i see what i consider to be a better in stadium atmosphere i i wish i wish we were more consistent at oklahoma in in some and, and it takes like the situation always matters right like if you're a team that's on the rise and you're hosting big you know teams that are higher ranked than you but i how did it how, how did the two compare is it – and I know you probably don't want to get into – maybe you don't want to get into that either. But, like, what was it like in, in comparison to what you saw at Oklahoma? Uh, like you said, it's, like, it's like different because, like, at Oklahoma, you're always, like, the higher – I can't remember when we were, like, at home and we were the underdogs. So, it's, oh, like that, – You can't remember because it doesn't happen. Yeah, it never <laughs> happens. Exactly. So, it's it's just different. Yeah. Um yeah, but they both they both go crazy and they both get wild. And like third down at Oklahoma is is loud, and third down at South Carolina is loud. But it's just it's just like a little bit different, you know. They're they're Perfect. the South That's Carolina the fans just they just see they just seem a little drunker than the OU fans. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, they, they might be, they might be because they get the they get the seven o'clock kickoffs, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it make it makes sense. Now I will say. And I'm not sure if you were able to see it, like able to watch any of you games. I know you were playing on Saturdays. They, they have, they are working on the in, uh, like the in-game atmosphere, like the in-game entertainment. And actually, the Bedlam game, like the last home game of the year, they did a really good job. So that 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 is on that's on the upswing. On the rise, dog. It's yeah. on the upswing. Yeah. <laughs> now, one one question I do have, I, I love rivalries. Uh, I think it's one of the things that makes college football the best sport on the planet how does OU Texas compare to what you experienced in South Carolina versus Clemson 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, you know, like, I've been a fan for Oklahoma since I committed, like, I committed, like, junior year of high school. And so I've been a fan for so long. So like, I kind of know the Oklahoma, Texas rivalry. And so for me, like everyone like talks about like the Clemson, uh, South Carolina rivalry. And like, you know, I just don't know. I didn't know like the history of it, like how big of a deal, like it was. So for me, like, it just like, that's like part of the reason, like I'm coming back is just cause like the connection I have with Oklahoma and, you know, like I, miss those big games, miss the rivalry. Like I know, like I have connection, like with the fan base in that university and like take pride in, in that university. So like, just cause I've been a fan for so since I was a junior in high school. So that's like, it's just, it just was different, but like, that's like obviously like a huge rivalry, but it was just like, for me, it was just like different Yeah, coming in there one year, like not really, not really knowing, not knowing the backstory. And yeah, exactly. Like, cause it's almost like a, it's like an ongoing soap opera, right? You have to know yeah. the backstory if you're just going <laughs> to all of a sudden show up and, and watch it for once. I, I understand that. Yeah. So I did you did you how long have you known that maybe you wanted to come back to Oklahoma or or was it you just wanted to get into the portal and see what happens? Like how how did that whole thought process go? Um it was after the Clemson game where I was kind of like talking to my position coach and coach Beamer and being like where my position is like going into the draft and whatever. And it was like, um, but the last couple of weeks I'm like, this could be my last time playing football, you know, like, cause like nothing is guaranteed at the next level. And I was talking to a couple of my, my buddies and I'm like, dang, it's like crazy. This is our last go around. And I'm like, I don't want it to be like, I love football too much for me to have another year and like not play football, you know? Cause like in 20 years, I'll look back at it and be like, dang, I wish I would have played that season just because, you know, I loved it so much. And I'm like, I just want to play. And then going through that process, I'm like, why do I love it? And I was like, I just, I want to play. I want to go back to Oklahoma and play. And um, so I kind of like went to the portal and then, like, once my name was live, I called my buddy. I was like, you got to set me up. I got to come back. And hopefully they take me. And then and then Coach Finnables was showed enough <laughs> enough grace for me to come back. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, we were all extremely fired up when when the rumor mill started a churn. And, man, and yeah. what was I, – I assume you got on the phone uh, – with Joe John, uh, with Coach Finley, and mm-hmm. what what were those conversations like? Was it just like, hey man, I want to come back. Like, <laughs> you got a spot for me? Like, was it that simple? Uh, yeah. Like, I called my buddy, and I was like, you got to set me up. And he went in there, and apparently he was like, this isn't the time to joke around. Like, can't <laughs> whatever. And he called me, and when I got in, he was like, are you for real? And I was like, yeah. And then he like tried to go and like 
every coach has like their like recruiting spill. Like, hey, we're gonna use you a lot. I'm like, coach, I'm good. I'm I'm coming back. Like it wasn't. I don't. <laughs> you don't need have anything. to tell me. Just, <laughs> yeah, just you don't give me to. a yes or no. <laughs> yeah. What What Coach Beamer say? Um, I kind of told him like the reasons why I was leaving. He was like, I'd love to for you to stay. Like you'll have an amazing opportunity here. But I like I totally get it. So he was cool. He just wants like the best first players. Like obviously he wants the best first program. But I kind of told him it wasn't like a conversation like get me this get me that i was just like look i i have to go i have to go back that's i mean and if anyone i i've always felt that coach beamer is like the ultimate like puts his players before anything uh type of guy and i think venables is the same way mm -hmm. what <laughs> did you have many conversations with venables uh, leading up to your commitment because I, I'm so interested in what he had to say. Um, I had one, I just had one conversation with him like an hour after I went in the portal. I was like, yeah, the U-Haul is coming today. I'll be there tomorrow. And I, <laughs> I ended up not going, but I was there that Friday, but he was like, you know, you didn't like when I came in, like you didn't know me from like a guy on the street. And I was like, yeah, like what, like I didn't, like say no to him. He's like, you didn't know me. You thought you were trying to do what's best for you. And um, I told him the reasons why I was wanting to come back. And he was like, you know, those are the reasons, those are the reasons like we want people here at Oklahoma, like guys like, like that. So that's basically how the conversation went. Well, whenever, so uh, I don't know, it, it's whenever Venables came in, obviously like that probably didn't have anything to do with, with, you leaving but what was it like like whenever you left and then seeing the season and the struggles that they had this year go with six and six like what what was that like and maybe I'm sure you still had some friends on the team like what were those guys saying like how did that whole thing play out for you um like it didn't it just didn't like feel right for me like playing playing there like I'd watch them on the game like watch them on tv like I watched every game and I was like I just I just felt like me. you should have been there helping. Yeah, exactly. Like I felt like I like I loved where I was at South Carolina. I felt like that's where the Lord was calling me, but I just didn't feel like right there, like with it just because of the connection I have to Oklahoma. Like I graduated from Oklahoma, you know, and it just didn't feel right. I felt like I should have been there, like huge, like FOMO fear of missing out. So yeah, the six and six record. It was all your fault, Stogner. I know. It's my bad. <laughs> yeah. It, just apologize to the fans, man. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, my bad. My bad. But were you able you you mentioned that able to watch a bunch of the games? Were you were you surprised by the type of season Braden Willis had? Right, man, because um he was he was the most consistent player on the team, whether it was catching the ball, but certainly as a blocker, like he really stepped it up. Were you, were you surprised that he was able to have the type of season that he had? No. Uh, I mean, he's, he's an unbelievable, unbelievable guy who like works like super hard and um, is a team first guy. And he's like a, he's a great leader. And um, he's always been a great leader in that tight end room is always like pushing us to be the best. And he's like a, he's like a horse, like he works his tail off. And so it was, it was really great to see him have a, have a great season. And um, so I was really, really happy for him. Now, whenever you, 
Coach Finley was talking to you about the ways they wanted to use you, and I'm sure maybe you've had conversations with Levy or some of the other guys. Like, what is like kind of the vision for your role going to be in this offense whenever you hear it from the coach's perspective? Um, to kind of use me like in space. Um, they're like you're, you know, you're athletic, so we want to get you out in space, running routes, and you know, like get you in line blocking because of your length. And, um, you know, it suits me better, but also be able to insert on backers and use me in the backfield and um, but get me out in space and let me let me run routes and let me create mismatches on the cat like uh, they put Braden uh, at quarterback a couple of times. Yeah, maybe. I guess so. <laughs> well, we'll have to come up. We'll have to come up with stog cat. Wild <laughs> yeah. stog. Yeah. Yeah, be, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I was always like you always think about, you know, like cool names and you're like 18 wheeler you know you hear a song uh, but I, might, I might not be 18 anymore so you never know oh yeah that is so what is there's is oh yeah i bet your parents are pissed oh man <laughs> they already have all the jerseys right yeah i mean i guess no, they don't they don't have any jerseys but i you know i've been 18 for so long i might have to go to 81 maybe 81 there be, you go that might like be the that. move well trayvon west entered the portal he was 81 so he's you know, yeah. that should be open, you know, yeah, but maybe 81 or is this a situation is Helms 18, the other tight end. Yeah. Uh huh. This could be an NFL situation, Ted, you know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, he's coming. Vets coming back. <laughs> how much for the number, you know, yeah. type of type of situation on our hands. Yeah, let me like take how, you out to the ranch for the number. You yeah. Know? How much, yeah. how much does 18 mean to you? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of, in my opinion, it's like, listen, you're a freshman, man. I'm sorry. I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, I can't do that. Just how it goes. This yeah. is, there's a I was talking to the, uh, the equipment guy, Larry. I was like, what number are you going to put me in? Like trying to fill him out. He's like, yeah, I'm probably going to put you in 99. I was like, okay, thanks. So, <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah. Sweet number. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. This is, and, you know, I haven't heard you really talk about this, but it's something that, you know, we've brought up uh, when it happened, like how scary was the leg thing, man? Because uh, it seemed like it got to a really scary point. Like maybe you don't want to talk about, it. maybe you don't want to rel- relive that yeah. stressful time of your life. But I mean, how bad did that actually get? Um, It got really bad. I mean, I, when I went in the hospital, like I remember that drive, like, going to the hospital like with chris watson at like 12 o'clock and that was like the most pain i've ever been in in my life like that was terrible like i remember i like thinking that we were going to this one hospital that i that i saw like closer to more and then when he passed that i'm like dude what are you doing like i'm in so much pain and he's talking to the doctor and i'm like when i get there like you got to knock me out like this is terrible and then so that, that happened, that like went on for like three days of like terrible pain. Like the doctor would come in and like, if I didn't move it, it was fine. And then the doctor would come in and he had to like feel my leg and he'd like press on it. And I would just get like super mad because like it would hurt so bad. And, but it got bad. Like I lost like 30, 30, 35 pounds in, in 10 days. Like couldn't like came out, like couldn't do a push up. Like my body was like totally messed up. And I didn't realize like how long it'd take me to get, to get back from that injury. Like my whole body was just kind of just, just messed up. 
are you back? Like what, what it did take a long time uh, to get all your strength back. And, and I'm mm-hmm. sure confidence, I'm sure like in the back of your head, like it's like, you don't want to take a hit and perhaps something else like that happen. And uh, so probably took a while to get mentally back into it, but like, where are you at weight wise? Are you, are you back? And even like beyond where you were previously. So how's that, that whole uh, rehab gone? Uh, I think in 2021, um, like when I got back from the injury, like made it back for the bowl game, came back. And then that spring, like I just had like pain throughout the whole thing. I couldn't like really do anything, um, workout wise, like lower body. Like I'd work out, like I went through spring practice and then I'd practice one day. And then the next day, like I'd be in crutches and then it'd be like three days. And then I'd try to practice again. And then I just like totally mess. Like it would hurt so bad. Like could barely walk so I didn't really have like a spring practice and then the summer like I had to take it easy take it light because it would just like flare up sometimes but then so I finally got right before like fall camp but like I thought I was back and then like I look at film from back then and I'm like yeah I wasn't back at all um I think but then after the bye week Baylor week I started moving a little bit better and that's when I think I started to you know, get back and then that off season. So I think I, I'm definitely now I am, I had a good off season and now I'm back to moving the way I think I, the, as good as I can. And I think I'm better. I'm a faster than I was. I'm a lot stronger. And so I think I'm, I'm, I've gotten a lot better and I'm, I'm hundred percent back. I'm better than I, better than I was. Dude, that's yeah. great to hear. I mean, that, that was some scary shit, man. I mean, it was, but it's glad. I'm really glad to hear that you're feeling, you're feeling all the way back. Have you talked to Jerry Schmidt at all? You, uh, you familiar, you acquainted Uh, yet? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard the rumors, but, um, yeah, I've had some buddies. I talked to him. I was up there this weekend to kind of like move some stuff in. And, um, I talked to him for a little bit and he was like, let's get rolling. But I've heard, I've heard some some crazy stories about him, so I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. Gonna be exciting, man. Um, yeah. I'm happy to have you back. Uh, and and you know we need you too. Like the experience, like you're gonna have to come in and and be a leader in that room right away. There's a bunch of youth in there, and I don't know, maybe someone else is gonna be coming in. But this is this is gonna be a big opportunity, man. We're we're happy to have you back. No doubt. I'm, I'm super, super excited to be back and thank y'all for taking, taking me back. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We totally did it. Now the the fans, (laughs) I'm sure there's some salty fans out there, but after you explaining how much you love Oklahoma, I'm sure they are, uh, I'm sure they're going to be more accepting now. Now we do this thing on our podcast called call your shot. Now, normally it's like they, the, the listeners, uh, send in something we we discuss it like whether it's a bold prediction something like that but mm. in, instead of doing that we ask them for questions for okay. you. so we've got a couple here uh right. this first one comes from matt i'm gonna go with a bear h-e-b-e-r-t a bear I mean, that's what i'm going with matt a bear who says this is a good one what bar slash restaurant is a must visit for OU fans when we have a future road game in Columbia. Ooh, that is a good one. Um, 
they have a lot of good places because it's like the capital or whatever. So there's a lot of good places, but I'd have to go with my go-to is always this place called home team barbecue. And you, you got to get the wings and they have, you dip them in this Alabama white sauce and those things are to die for. They're really good. And then the Kingsman is like the place I would go to. They got burgers and steak and places. Good. Nice. Is so is there, is campus there downtown? Is it like more in the middle, like in the city than kind of like Norman is, I, mm-hmm. I don't know, smaller yeah. area? Yeah, it's a, it's actually, it's a really cool place. Um, they got like, the campus is in the city. It's like spread out, more spread out than Norman. And then you got the the city and then you got a couple other like Vista places and then downtown. It's it's really cool there. I I look forward to visiting it in the future. Okay, mm-hmm. this last one comes from at drummer dad 1064 he's gonna have a good question i can feel it I, i'm sure there's i'm sure there's a origin story of that twitter handle but he said he asks what did you miss most about norman that you're excited to get back to um just being in that stadium and like knowing what it means to me and like being around the guys and playing for this university that like I graduated at and have like pride for, like, I didn't like take that into account when I left and I didn't know how much I'd miss it, but I'm just super excited to, to be back. I was really hoping, I was really hoping he'd just be like sugars, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, it's not there anymore. Stogner. I'm sorry, oh, man. man. I know. Don't I know. tell him That's... that yet. Wait till he's like, yeah, wait till, I'm, wait till I'm enrolled. <laughs> He's already moved things in. We're fine, Ted. We're yeah. fine. Well, man, hey, we're, we're pumped that you're coming back. Um, it, it sounds like you're pumped as well, man. But it'll uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be a fun last year for you, man. We appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me on. Really appreciate it. Well, I'm really glad that guy's coming back. Yeah. We need him big time. We need that experience. We need his size, which, you know, that's the one thing we forget is like Brayden Willis had such a, a good year. Uh, Stogner's way bigger than Braden Willis. Now I'm not saying suggesting that he's, he's, they're just different players, but having that size in the passing game, dude, six, six, you know, has, has great reach. That's going to be big for, for Gabriel in the passing game. And, I think there are some OU fans out there that were hurt that he left. And I hope they feel a lot better after hearing him talk about how much OU means to him. I know that that made me warm and fuzzy inside hearing him say that stuff. Cause that's yep. how I feel about OU still all of these years later after being done playing. So that, that was really cool, man. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, you know, to to hear him say that, you know, watching them have the struggles, I he felt like he should have been there. You know, that's I think that's pretty cool. And the fact that he's following through on it and coming back, I, I think that's cool. Yeah, I'm with you. And I love how simple it was. Yeah, don't I don't need the sales pitch. I'm coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. that's awesome. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first. 
Football time in Oklahoma, people. There's nothing better to drink at the tailgate than Clubby Seltzers. Clubby Seltzers is an Oklahoma company that is already winning national awards because their product is delicious. It tastes exactly like a club special, but it's a seltzer. And they're not just for tailgating either. They're perfect to drink on their golf course, by the pool, after mowing the lawn, whatever. If you haven't tried Clubby Seltzers yet, go grab some. You won't regret it. Clubby's first variety pack is out. Got some new flavors. Got a new can. To find a place near you that has clubbies, visit clubbyseltzers.com. And attention business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect to insurica at insurica.com that's i-n-s-u-r-i-c-a.com as always ted kick us off who do you have as your winner of the week well for right now it's argentina argentina is in the world cup final uh got back uh got past croatia 3-0 um after that they dropped that game early on to saudi arabia everyone thought oh my god this is uh this is going to be a disaster but they battled back they've made their way into the final awaiting to see who wins the morocco and france game but messi has a chance to close it out get a world cup victory and uh kind of cap off uh you know a lot of people's view that he's the best ever and uh if he pulls off the world cup victory he He'll be, uh, I think, the, at the rightful spot, perhaps. I, that was a beatdown. Yeah. Looked looked like a mismatch. Uh, watched pretty much the entire thing. First of all, penalties, man, what a what a severe penalty for some of those fouls in the box. Like where they're not even like trying to shoot her. It's just got to be really careful in the box as a soccer player, or else you. Hand them a goal, man. It's brutal. Well, it's kind of like the same thing with pass interference in the end zone, right? You, if you interfere in the end zone, you're 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 not necessarily giving them a touchdown, but you know, odds are stacked heavily against you. Yeah, I will say, Messi. That's the type of penalty I like. He just hammered that thing. Yep. Like, yep. don't give me all the indecisive, like pitter patter. So just. Walk up there and hammer that thing. And that Rip was, it. uh, yep. he, he ripped it. And then that fancy footwork before that pass. Whew, that's good he's, stuff, man. I, I don't know how that little dude does that. That's incredible. France in the final? I would assume. Yeah. I mean, that game's, we, we are recording this in the morning. So that game has not, that game's about an hour 1 away. p.m. Yeah, about an hour away or two hours away. So, We'll we'll see. I would. I am not a soccer aficionado. I assume France is heavily favored in that matchup, so I would expect an Argentina France final. Now, if Morocco makes it to the final, 
also an incredible story, right? Mm-hmm. Just an incredible story. So we'll we'll see, but I'm expecting Messi v Mbappe, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Those are like two of the four soccer players I know. Come on. Okay. Yeah, that, I, I think it's going to be great. I think, um, I mean, obviously everyone's going to watch anyways, but I think Argentina, France would be be big time. But, hey, we'll see. Uh, Messi's got a chance to uh, to cement his legacy. Sunday, right? Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it'll be Alvarez. That was the guy who had the like coast to coast first of all yeah great play by him but come on croatia we gotta we gotta step the defense up you're supposed to be a defensive squad what are we doing right you can't let a guy do that to you come on uh, if you need to horse collar him right i mean that's what exactly you, whatever you've got to do to uh to save the goal yeah that was wild all right who do you have as your loser of the week oh man i had to go with kyler murray mm. right out of the gate Monday night football, non-contact, um, looked awkward, you know, and, and I guess a lot of people didn't know or hopeful, but uh, MRI test revealed that it is, in fact, a torn ACL for Kyler Murray. Now, I think he'll be able to bounce back. I do, but I will say that, you know, I always believe that once you cut the body, it never it's never the same again. Um, I think he'll still have his athleticism and his speed, but I think it, it, it just, it'll go to show that if you don't have that quarterback becomes a little bit more difficult, Like he's, he's got a, a trump card that no one else really has with his escape ability and his speed and athleticism. So I'm, I'm hoping that everything goes well and he's able to make a full recovery and be able to put that in his past and, and move on and look like the same exact guy, but that's it's just never a guarantee. That's the harsh reality. Yeah. And when it happened, we all knew what it happened, right? It was the classic, oh no. And uh, I think one of the the big challenges I know it was now I hate having to do this. I'd like to formally welcome Kyler Murray into the Torn ACL Club. Welcome, Kyler. Uh we didn't want you, but we got you now. So welcome, buddy. But one of the hardest parts is getting to the point where you trust your leg and with how dynamic of an athlete he is and how big of a part his legs are when it comes to the way that he plays the quarterback position, that it's going to be interesting to see how long that takes for him to trust himself to do the thing where he, you know, runs around for 12 seconds and buys time and buys time and then just takes off. Like it's, uh, I'm, I I have all the faith in the world that he's going to bounce back physically, but the mental component can be challenging uh, for, for anyone that tears a knee, especially uh, a guy of his caliber, but it's been a rough year for Kyler, man. I I was was about to say, it's not coming at a good time for him. You know, like, like one of the things like, if things are going well and it happens, it's incredibly disappointing, but it gives you that motivation, right. To bounce back from it. And, but like, right. Things just haven't been good. It's been, it's been frustrating. Well, when you think about it, it all started with the contract, right? Yeah. Uh, Which is, and it's crazy to say that he's had a tough year when he signed a $230 million contract. That's true. But, with what was it like just shy of 190 million guaranteed, but he didn't even get 
to really celebrate it because the story wasn't the contract. It was the study clause. Remember? So he had to come out and that became a massive story. And then Arizona took it out and it, it kept being a story. And then you got COVID during training camp and then it just, what they're four and nine. And now he's got a torn ACL. Like it's, it's hard to say the guy's had a rough year when he signed that contract, but it has not, it's not been the celebration of a season that you would imagine it should be like for a guy when he signs a life altering deal like that. Yeah. Well, I feel like the like public opinion on him kind of changed with the scrubbing of the social media move. Right. Yeah. For um, sure. So like the the fans kind of turn. It's like man, that's it. It doesn't seem like this guy is. I, I I don't know. It's just it hasn't felt like the same since then. And it did not play well. No, and you know which has brought a spotlight on him for like you know getting upset on the sideline and whenever guys are everyone's trying to win. I mean it's a it's an emotional place where where guys are you know angry, motivated, trying to do whatever they can to win. And uh, whenever you, it's just framed poorly on him every time it happens. Right. So. Yeah. Like Tom Brady yelling at his head coach is one thing. It's going to be, it's just going to be perceived different than Kyler yelling at cliff. Like he did right with the struggles that they've had. And uh, I don't think, Patrick Peterson, who is one of the most well-respected guys in the league, coming out and saying, all Kyler cares about is Kyler, like that didn't help anything either. And I know that Kyler Murray addressed that and responded to it. And it sounds like those guys have talked since then, but that didn't help anything. That just just put more fuel on that fire, man. Totally agree. Yeah. So all of that, I I, I hate it for him, but hopefully this – you know, this sparks something in him where he really wants to get back out there, refocus, um, you know, put in the work, put in the rehab, and I hope it's, it all goes well for him. Yeah, I'm with you. It was uh, unfortunate to see, but I got full faith in him uh, to bounce back and be stronger than he ever was. Well, we'll see how it goes for him, but I know this. NFL football is more fun when he's out there on the field. No doubt. And we'll see how long it takes him to bounce back. That's also part of this conversation. Like with that contract in hand, no need to be in any rush to get back until you feel 100% confident in that leg. So if he has to miss a couple of games to start the season next year, then that's what you got to do. But I'm, I'm sure he will, he will rehab like a madman. So that's a bummer though. All right, let's, for my winner and winners and losers, let's just talk about Mike Leach, man. But first. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more, they do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. 
They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. And if you're a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing. Head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. It's big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. Remember in 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the best-in-glass competition beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit balconiesdistilling.com. All right, I figured that, you know, we just take this time to uh, talk about Mike Leach. Uh, passes away uh, after a massive heart attack at the age of 61. And damn it, man. I just... College football, he's one of the guys that just made college football special. Uh, he made it different than, than any other sport. Um, I think a lot of people just loved him for the peculiarities, man. Just truly one of one. Um, loved him for his humor, his wit. But don't get it twisted. Like He, he is a man that played the major role in changing the way that football is played offensively. And as a result of that, how defenses have to play and his, it just, what a tremendous impact he had on the sport as a whole, not just college football, but at every level you see Mike Leach's imprint on this game. And it just, it, it sucks that, He's gone, man. Brutal. Brutal. Um, just uh, he, a different personality. Um, and I, you, like a lot of, especially in, in football, football is, is really driven by, uh, it's, it's like work. It's, a lot of the personalities are kind of the same. It's like a repetition. It's a, it's a routine driven system. Uh, kind of, it's also driven by like who, you know, and right. He, every now and then you have people that totally upset the apple cart, right. And do their own thing. And th that's typically, and it doesn't matter if it's football or business or whatever it is you have, people that think differently that do not follow like the, the typical guidelines of how something is supposed to go. And a lot of times that's where the greatest innovation comes from. And, and Mike Leach is, is a walking story of that. You know, if you just think about like how impactful he is, he coached one year at OU one year, they went seven and five. And, and I'm not talking about 
since his death, like previously, throughout that entire time, he's been treated as if he, you know, was the offensive coordinator on the national championship team and was was at Oklahoma for a decade. He was here one year, but that's how impactful he was, and um, it's it's incredible. It's it really is, and you know, I love the quirkiness, and I love all the stories. Don't get me wrong. I think I think that's that's the one of the best parts about him. But I don't want it to take away or trivialize like what he has meant to modern football. And I, and that's exactly what you're saying. I don't know that there's anyone that's had more impact on modern football than Mike Leach at all levels, NFL, college, and high school. I I completely agree. And I mean, you know with what he was doing with how mummy, like the, the guy was a revolutionary, right? And he, not only did he change schematics, right? You know, you can go through the staples of the air raid, right? Four verticals mesh, like all that stuff. Right. But I truly believe he inspired coaches to think outside of the box. He inspired coaches to take some more risks, to try different things. Um, because that's what he did, right? Like he was willing to say, no, 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 like, I believe in this, this is what I'm going to do. And I, I think that's extremely admirable And that. It doesn't only apply to football. I think it applies to the way that he lived his life. That's, I have always had a great respect for Mike Leach and he recruited me. I I've had some, you know, 38 minute, one question conversations with Mike Leach on the phone as a, you know, as a 17, 18 year old kid where I'm going, what is this dude talking about? Like Blackbeard, Geronimo, like what, what is happening right now? But I, I respect people so much that are unapologetically themselves. Yep. That they do it differently. They do it the way that makes them happy. They, lean into what they're interested in and they don't really care if you know how what other people think about it like that's one of the reasons i i always enjoyed mike leach because he was always even as weird different as he was like he was just always himself and i i think that a lot of us wish we could live life exactly like that i mean he was doing that while being a football coach like it was just it's just so different, man. It was always so refreshing. Yep. No, I agree. I, I think it's, I think it's, um, I mean, and that's why it's had such the, the, the huge impact that it has the last couple of days, right? Is because a lot of people, like he, you, it's hard to imagine college football without Mike Leach. Like you always know that Mike Leach is playing somewhere. And there's something's going to happen from it. And, you know, just a, a constant source of, of entertainment, man. The guy is uh, second to none. And he, I, I keep seeing all these crazy stats. I saw one this morning. He has, he has three seasons where his, his team averaged over 470 passing yards a game. And there's only been two other seasons in the history of college football where that's happened. And he's done, he's done three of the five. So it's just, there's all kinds of stuff like that. 
you know, like what he did at Oklahoma whenever he first got here that that first year. We were they took our scoring from 16 points a game the previous year to 39 points a game in 1999. It's just incredible for a one year turnaround. Awesome. And and that staff still to this day gives him a ton of credit for the national championship in 2000. Yeah. Because Mangino now it I mean they, it wasn't completely his offense like there were some changes but all the stuff that Leach ran that worked they were like we're keeping it. <laughs> like and so they've always given him a ton of credit and then just he took Texas Tech to the highest point it's ever been at. Right, that that 2008 team, like that's the best team they've ever had, ever. Yeah. And he established a level of consistency that Tech has been searching for ever since that weird ending, right? And yeah. he took Washington State. I mean, what was that, 2018? Game away from the playoff. Yeah. they that That was the best thing, I believe. Their only 11-win season ever. At Washington State. So, like, I know a lot of people will remember him, and I'm glad, right? Because we all get to – we all have these moments, and, like, we still have the, the the press conferences and stuff to to laugh, like, because he was just such a different guy. But you're right, man. I hope that that doesn't overshadow just how good of a coach he was. Yeah. And that's why there, there are all these clips going around on social media. Right there's the one of him, you know, where he's he's the weatherman in Lubbock. It's just so funny. Uh, the fat little girlfriend's rant is is an all timer, right? Him talking about the Pac-12 mascots and who would win a melee, like that whole thing. Advice on weddings, like there there's so many good clips, but there's one clip that I have always loved of Mike Leach, and it's 2009. It's the season after they had that great season 08. Uh, they've lost some games early in the season, and they beat Baylor. And he just – and remember, this was after they beat Baylor in 09. He just goes off. I mean, goes off. Talking about how guys on that team think that they did what the guys last year did. He's just talking – oh, and he's dropping – F-bombs left and right, and it's just like, that's Mike Leach. It's like, for all the funny, you know, goofy, all that stuff, like, that's the hardcore coach that took Texas Tech to its highest point ever. Like, that's the guy that took Washington State. Like, that's, that's him as a coach. Like, that's him putting it all out there and letting everyone know, like, Hey, yeah, I may be goofy and a little different, but like I get after my guys. And that's everyone's always talking about like he is brutally honest. That's my favorite Mike Leach thing ever because it lets you know, like, yes, behind all the goofiness, there was this hardcore football guy that was extremely demanding. And that's why he was so successful. Yeah, it's funny. That clip is funny because in the beginning of it, everyone's like laughing. Yeah, because they think it's he's awesome. joking. They think he's joking, but 
it doesn't take very long before everyone like gets real quiet and just kind of stands there. I love it. I still, um, anytime someone says to me, uh, like I just hear the phrase last week. Oh my <laughs> All gosh. I think of is that one this week. That was last blanking week. And he says it like 10 times in a row. It's so funny. Cause what did they beat? Did they beat OU the week before? Yeah, it remember it, that was my redshirt year. We wore the uh, Nike Pro Combat uh, jerseys in Lubbock. Now I did not make the trip. I was redshirting. Also, didn't get one of the cool jerseys. Uh, but yeah, we uh, they they got us back for the year before. Yeah, yeah that that was uh, that's that's one of my favorites too. I I saw a new one this week of him doing a a belly flop into the pool uh, there at Mississippi State. That was pretty cool. There's all kinds of stuff. There's an old one of him talking about like accuracy with quarterbacks. That's, That's hilarious. Where it's like if you or have you heard the one about him where he's talking about you know taking like track guys and making them wide receivers? <laughs> no. He's basically like he's like, "Well, I believe that if you fire enough projectiles at a human being, they'll learn to catch." <laughs> it's so good, man. It's awesome. Love that dude. But uh, the coaching tree, I know a lot of people have pointed it out, but I mean, Hypel, Lincoln Riley, Cliff Kingsbury, Sonny Dykes, Dave Aranda, Holgerson, Seth Rattrell, you know, Art Bryles, Neil Brown, our boy Beatonbow, uh, Grinch, uh, Robert and I, like Ruffin McNeil, like it just goes on and on and on. And I, I just think that. It's hard to think that anyone, like you said, Ted, it's hard to think that anyone's had a larger effect on how football is currently played than Mike Leach. I mean, he changed the sport, and that's why they got to change the rules of the Hall of Fame to let him in, man. That's so that what is he at 59.6% winning percentage? You have to have 60. That's the threshold. Oh, really? That's dumb as hell. So, when when he's had the impact that he's had on the game as a whole and on the programs, like taking them to their highest level ever, like what is more Hall of Fame worthy than that? I don't know. Uh some some teams need to gather together and figure out who needs to do it but vacate some uh wins against Mike Leach teams to where he gets to that winning percentage. And I hope that throughout the the bowl season that teams across the country pay tribute to him. I know the Tyler, the guy I do my show with said that OU should line up in the ninja formation, first play of the game. And Kel Gundy said everyone in college football should line up in ninja uh, first play of the game on offense or whether it's a, a sticker on the helmet, whatever, uh, just awesome. Yep. And I love that Mississippi State is playing in the bowl game. Uh, Illinois, that is not a fair situation for that football team right there, uh, having to play Mississippi State after all this in the Quest Bowl. But I think it's only fitting. Uh, Going to be in the Buccaneers Stadium there down there at Raymond James Stadium. Going to be a big old pirate ship firing cannons off the entire game. So yep. it's it's perfect, man. It's 
I it, it's hard to believe we're not going to get any more of you know the sound bites from Mike Leach. Uh, that was he, he was the gift that kept on giving, right? For guys that do radio for a living. But man, what a what a legacy he's left. Yep, without a doubt. Uh, you you hit on the coaching tree. The amazing thing about that coaching tree, and you mentioned a lot of the big names. There's there's a lot more uh, than that. You know, you got Graham Harrell. You, you got all kinds of guys. That coaching tree is going to go on for a long, long time and continue to go uh, grow. So yeah, awesome. he what a legacy. Uh, what I I will uh, I think I. I think a lot of college football fans just going to sincerely miss him being him and just how different he was, but just a bummer, man. A yep. Bummer. I agree. On that note, episode two seventy five in the books. We'll have a new podcast. It'll drop. We got to decide if we're doing it Tuesday night. Cause we got a jam packed Wednesday next week, friend. Yeah. We got yeah. signing day, signing day TV. We've got, you know, pregame show TV. We'll figure it out. What Tuesday night, maybe Tuesday night, perhaps maybe we can squeeze it in Wednesday. We'll just have to see what the schedule looks like. All right. Just a reminder. You can hear Teddy from three to six on 94, seven, the ref. You can hear me from two to five on series sex and big 12 radio channel three seventy five. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Have an awesome weekend. And until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do. Oklahoma. Take care of each other.